Sports Talk New York with your hosts, Mark Rosenman and A.J. Carter. Sports Talk New York is sponsored in part by Prince Associates, Send in the Clowns, The Phoenix Tube Company, CelebrityTrips.com, The Law Firm of Decalator Cohen and DePrisco, Solomon Jewelers, and Relish Restaurant of Kings Park. Here are your hosts. Mark and AJ. Joining us now is a man who was drafted by the New York Giants in the third round, 74th overall of the 2014 NFL Draft. After that draft selection, Giants general manager Jerry Reese said this about him. He can definitely start and jump in our rotation and help us out. Size, speed, another team captain. We like team captains. We think this kid has a lot of upside. Ten sacks from the inside position. Lots of things to like about the kid. Long arms, all the things you like for your defensive tackle to have. He can run. He has long arms, plays hard. I think our coaching staff is going to really like this kid. It is a pleasure to welcome the man that Jerry, that, uh, Jerry was talking about, number 96 in your program, New York Giants defensive tackle, Jay Bromley. Welcome, Jay. Uh, thank you for having me. Our pleasure. You know, your road to the NFL is one of the most amazing stories. You're born on May 18, 1992, Jamaica, Queens. Your father was in jail at that point. Your mother actually was addicted to crack cocaine. When you're four months old, Child Protective Services was going to take you from your mother. Your aunt and uncle, Francis and Ray Nim- Nim- Roy Neemans, take you in. Francis was 24 years old at that point when she received custody of you, and she already had three other children. What did Roy and Francis and growing up in that loving household environment mean to you? Um, it was just a, a great opportunity to, uh, you know, be adopted by your, your, you know, blood family member. So, you know, that in and of itself is just something to be thankful for. Uh, my mother, Francis, and you know, my dad, Roy, did a, the best they could with raising me in Jamaica, Queens, with my older sisters, Shira, Stephanie, and Cassandra. And I'm just grateful that they, they, they brought me in so I didn't have to go through the system and go through foster care and things like that. You know, you had never played an organized football game before. Uh, you attend Flushing High School as a freshman in 2006. You wanted to give it a try. What do you remember most about that first practice under Coach Jim DeSantis, having never played before? Uh, it was tough, man. It was definitely something I wasn't used to. I played like killer male the ball and stuff. Uh, you know, in the streets, but it was nothing like that. It was a lot of running, a lot of hard work. I actually wanted to quit when I first started, man, and I thank God for my mother at the time really not allowing me to, you know, to, to, to you know, play the, the pity game of, with myself because around that same time my grandmother had just passed away, and she raised me up until she passed away. We all lived in the same house. She shared most of the responsibility for me, and I kind of wanted to use that as excuses why I feel like I couldn't handle it. Well, my mother made sure that she said, hey, you know, if I was going to quit, make sure I quit because I didn't want to do it anymore. And, you know, that just made me lay down and think about it, and I kept going, and I've been doing it ever since. So what made you pick of all the things to do? Football is not pretty much a New York City sport. It's played by some high schools in the city, but not all of them. What made you decide that football is a sport you wanted to give a shot? Um, it's just something I always, you know, I, I, you know, I never really crazy. I never really watched it. But when I, growing up in my neighborhood, we played like killing me with the ball <laughs> on concrete, and we always, you know, oh, passed the ball around. So oh, it was just something that seemed natural to me, just like to give it a try. And I played basketball and football in high school, so those are the two main sports that I really, you know, either watched or really just fell in. 
It's interesting, too, because, you know, after playing kill the man with the ball, right. you first start off on the offensive line for two years, and then coach moved you to the defensive side before your junior season. The summer before your senior year, Coach DeSantis takes you to the Rutgers Big Man Academy, which showcases local prospects. It was an eye-opener for you, I have to imagine, because all those guys that are there at that particular, you know, camp academy are all guys that you see in the Rivals, you know, you know .com or in the Street and Western, you know, magazine. How much did being able to go there and hold your own against these guys that are highly touted, you know, college prospects – for you to hold your own there, how much confidence did that give you? A lot, man. It's always great to get some great competition and go against, you know, your peers. Um, it's crazy that you mentioned that. It took me way back in memory that I actually did that with Coach D. I couldn't afford all the Nike camps and, and all those different camps that allow you know allow you to gain all these stars. So I went there every, like, free camp or something that my, my coach would give me. So every opportunity I got. And I went there, and like you said, I held my own. I played well against these six, seven tackles. And I was playing D.A. at that time, so... <laughs> you make me remember all those things. You know, it was great, man, just being able to go out there and showcase my talent. Which it makes it even more surprising because after that strong showing, you don't even get a single Division One scholarship offer. And after your senior season, the only serious offer was from Stony Brook University, who basically tells you, raise your SAT scores and grades and we'll get you a scholarship. And you go out and you do everything they ask of you. And then you find that the scholarship's been pulled and given to someone else. I have to imagine, you know, doing all that hard work and then hearing that, you know, opposed to when you wanted to quit football back then, that's one of those moments where you might say, you know what, uh, enough of this. Uh, I don't want it. What was that feeling like that day? Everything, you know, I've been through a lot of my life, you know, ever since, like, you spoke about my up, a little bit of my upbringing. And throughout the course of that, man, being raised tough in Jamaica, Queens, man, I've been through a lot of adversity, so it was nothing new to me. You know, I don't, I don't really get flaked by, you know, challenges in my life. So when they said they didn't want me, they just added more motivation to my play. You know, okay, you don't want me, that's okay. I'll make sure I turn some heads to make something happen, which I eventually did. We're talking to, with New York Giants defensive tackle Jay Bromley. Uh, June of your senior year, you're voted into the Outback State Empire Challenge, a game that features the area's best prospects. That game would change your life as you earned an MVP honor. Do you remember exactly what happened after that game? Uh, like it was yesterday, man. Um, so I was the last person picked uh, to attend that game. You know, it was a surprise by me from Coach D. Like, I went there. I knew I was an all-borough selection, but only the all-city, you know, seniors actually get to play in the game. So I remember when we was watching the highlights, all the people that were picked, uh, when my name came up there, we were all surprised. And Coach D handed me an envelope with my invitation in it, and I was the first player, like, that he's coached and been invited to that game. So uh, that went to Flushing anyway. So it was remarkable, man. And right after the game, uh, Syracuse called me the next day, mm-hmm. offered me a scholarship. Wow. And then uh, also Penn State called. And Larry Johnson was the uh, D-line coach at the time. So I went to uh, I went to Penn State within that weekend and drove up there with coach and sat down with Larry Johnson and talked to him. So what made you like Syracuse better than Penn State? Uh, and honestly, not. Actually, uh, Larry Johnson, in my mind, is one of the best defensive line coaches ever. And uh, my, one of my mentors at the time, Coach Rudy, you know, uh, rest his soul, is my D-line coach was more like a father figure to me. He, he held Larry Johnson up to a, to a great level as well. If they would have offered me a scholarship as well at that given time, I would have took it. <laughs> but they wanted me to go to prep school and then come to Penn State. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to take this scholarship on the table when I want to go to Syracuse. 
And, you know, at Syracuse, you record 121 tackles, including 25.5 for loss, 14 sacks, three forced fumbles. After leading them in tackles for loss at 14.5 yards and sacks, 10 as a senior, you're named a third-team All-ACC selection. You played on the two head coaches there, which is pretty interesting, Doug Marone and Scott Schaefer. What was the biggest lesson that you took away from both of those coaches during your time with the Orange? Um, just discipline, man. Discipline and hard work. Um, Doug Marone was a no-nonsense kind of guy, uh, you know, especially when I first got there. Over time, he learned to be a little bit more lenient towards the players. Uh, and Scott Schaefer, man, was just a hard-nosed guy, blue-collar guy, come and put your hard hat on and go to work every day kind of guy. When you learn that kind of mentality, it, it really doesn't take much talent to kind of represent those things. You know, when you mix that with guy gifted talent, you can really make an exceptional person or exceptional football player. So Doug Marone went on, left Sirius, go coach the Buffalo Bills. Is there anything that you learned from him in college that helped you in the pro game when you finally got to the Giants? Um, you know, Coach Marone, you know, he played in the league for, uh, you know, he's still coaching now. Uh, I think, he, you know, just, just the overall discipline that he brought to the game, you know, as far as coaching us and everything, I think that was a big aspect of it. You know, just that the day in the day out work and film study and things that it was going to take to be, you know, uh, prep for the league. I didn't know I was going to the league. I, that was my ultimate goal. But I remember after my junior year, I entered my name inside the ballot to be drafted to see where I would go, and I was undrafted. So I just wanted to work my tail off and see what happened. Well, fast forward to that following year to draft day. What do you remember most about the day going in and receiving a phone call that said you had been drafted by the New York Giants? Oh, that's something I'll never forget, man. I was actually watching the draft. Um, I was watching. I watched the first round. I was watching the second round. And after the second round went by, I went to go get me some popcorn with my uh, girlfriend at the time, which is my wife now. And um, and I was in there in the top getting some popcorn, and I see the phone number call me. And it's a New Jersey number. I pick it up, <laughs> and then it's, I hear the voice of you know uh, of Kaufman, and he's like, "Hey, think I want to let you know we're about to pick you." Blah blah. And well, you know, it's just crazy, like just excited and surprised, and it's a whole you know think of emotions going through at one time. So then you finally get your dream realized that you're going to be an NFL player. What's that transition like from being a college player to then walking into that first training camp, being handed a book well, that probably... a Tom Coughlin training camp. Right, yeah. on top, right a Tom Coughlin training camp. Yeah. On top of it, being handed a playbook that probably it might be every single play run from Syracuse from the time their football team started to now. <laughs> It's, it's, it's crazy, man. It's really a, a big learning curve, you know, remembering things. And you have to, even now, you know what I'm saying, you got to place things in certain buckets, like, you know, these pressures, these kind of blitzes with these basic coverages and, and these kind of blitzes. And sometimes during this defense, but sometimes the defensive tackle drops. Like, in the, at first I was, uh, you know, in this defense, you know, you have a lot of responsibility, you know, as a defensive lineman that make a lot of different checks and things. So it was really, you know, it was – but I feel like Syracuse really helped out a lot because with Schaefer, the defensive coordinator, it was really similar to the league. You know, a lot of the you know fire zones and things like that. So it was kind of an easier process because of that. You know, you take a look at the Giants, who teams had a history of being a very good defensive team. And they have some very good defensive players, Jason Pierre-Paul. Yeah. You know, going there. You walk, when you walk when you walk into that first training camp, do you look around? Do you say I can play with these guys, or boy, I got to really work hard? to be able to play with them? I mean, me, personally, I just took it one step at a time, man. I walked in there with JPP, uh, Q Nuka, 
you know, uh, Prince of Mukamura, uh, Antrim Rule. Now I've been able to punch it. You know, really good players that won Super Bowls before. They even mentioned Eli Manning on the other side of the ball. You know, me and Odell were drafted in the same draft class. And it's remarkable, man. You really just humble yourself, honestly. You have to, or you'll be forced to one way or another to be around those great talents and really learn from them and soak it up. We're talking with New York Giants defensive tackle Jay Bromley here on WLIE Sports Talk New York. This is, you know, you can't emphasize it enough. This is an absolutely huge year for you. Giants franchise defensive end Jason Pierre-Paul. They signed wide receiver Brandon Marshall to a two-year, $12 million deal. So they didn't have enough money to re-sign defensive tackle Jonathan Hankins, who signed with the Colts. During his four seasons with the Giants, Hankins amassed 140 tackles, had 10 sacks. Last season, Hankins and, and Snacks, you know, a former right. Jet, unfortunately, <laughs> if you're a Jet fan, uh, formed arguably maybe the best defensive tackle tandem in the NFL. And that's why the Giants' rush defense was tied for third in the NFL. Um, so, you know, those are some pretty big shoes to replace, six foot two, 320-pound man, to say the least. When you look at the defensive line for the Giants and the spots and the glaring opening now that's left for right defensive tackle, what would you tell Giant fans? Uh, you know, just be patient, you know what I'm saying? But Jonathan Hank is an amazing job. I love him, man. That's my brother. And I think, he, you know, I wish him nothing but success. So proud and happy for him and his family, you know, for him to, uh, you know, turn out the way he did. Um, I believe everything happens for a reason, man. I would tell the Giants fans to, to, to be ready, man. I'm, I know I'm working extremely hard. I know all the other defensive tackles are working extremely hard to, to, you know, make sure that this defense stays and goes beyond that, man. I want to be better than last. So we rank three. I want to be ranked one. Uh, you know, I, I believe I, I can not only go in there and fill that role, I believe I can excel at that role, you know, with even maybe even a little bit more here and there than what my brother did because I, that's the way I think, you know, it's just the competition to me to want to outdo him because I know that's what he would want to do if I was, you know, the one that left. Have you talked to anybody on the Giants coaching staff since then? Have they told you what they expect from you going in or have you talked to them about what you hope to have happen? I just see, you know, I, I believe I had a solid spring and just showed a lot of improvement. And I just want to carry it over to training camp, you know, just continuing to improve on my footwork, my eyes, and, you know, my overall technique. Um, I know that, this, you know, the position that's open at that three-technique spot, and we've spoken about, you know, the, the details that, that that three-technique has to, you know, really harp on. You know, you have to anchor those double teams. you got to squeeze down those double teams. you got to, you know, uh, be stout in the run game to have any opportunity to get the rush the passer. So, um, those, that's really just what the three technique is, is supposed to do. You have stout defensive ends. You got one of the best toe stacks within the game. You know, you're going to get a lot of one-on-ones when it comes to pass rush. So just really being uh, aware of the game situations and aware of what the offensive line wants to do. And when you grow in all those areas, man, it opens you open up for not only yourself but the other teammates. You know, it's interesting because they always say that the, the teams that are the best always bring in heavy-duty competition at every single right. position. You take a look, and particularly for your spot, the Giants have brought in some good competition for you. You know, They took Davlin Tomlinson in the second round of the draft, and then they signed uh, Corbin Bryant, 29-year-old, who started 16 games for the Bills the last two seasons. What have you been doing to gear yourself up to get ready for what looks to be an intense comp- you know, competition for that spot? I love it, man. It's always kind of been... You know, like you say, I, I've always can't come out of nowhere. And it's always taking any time to kind of, you know, reach my peak form. So I love the competition, man. Um, what I've been doing is just doing everything I can do. You know, not only working my tail off 
you know, trying to become come back in great shape and working on my technique, but mentally just watch the film, understanding the game more. The more I understand the game and our defense, I know what I'm allowed to do in our defense. I know my advantages in our defense on any given particular play, so I can take advantage of my advantages. You know what I'm saying? By knowing what my teammates are doing, and that that plays a big part in just uh, studying, watching film. And just knowing your teammates. I know I got snacks in the middle, so I know what I don't got to worry about. I don't got to worry about the A-gap because he's got that lockdown. So long as I, you know, put pressure on that quarterback and press that pocket, you know, I stay stout in the run game, not worried about getting reached, more worried about just pressing and, and squeezing the box, and that's all I got to worry about. So yeah. it's about 10 days until your report for camp. What are you going to be doing in the next 10 days? Uh, just, you know, get, maybe get a little bit more into the uh, playbook, just learning a little bit. I already know everything, but just, you know, picking up on little things and tweaks and just refreshing my mind. Um, getting my body right. You know, I've been working my tail off these past, these past months and some change. Uh, just really now just maintaining my body and just stretching and making sure that, you know, all the little tweaks I, I have and just maintaining them. Um, and just, you know, relaxing, man. You know, working, 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 working as necessary but not overstressing my body because I had a long season that I got to be prepared for. You know, it's so interesting because when people think of the Giants right away, they think of, you know, Odell, and they think of Eli, and now they think of Brandon Marshall. But I, I think the key for this team, you know, begins and ends right with the defensive line, especially when the biggest competition in the division is the Cowboys with arguably the best offensive line in football. Right. You guys, the defensive line was a main reason why they were able to shut down the Cowboys, swept them for the first time in uh, I don't even know how many years. Since I think 2011 is the first time the Giants took yeah. two from the Cowboys. So, you know, when you look at that, you know, and to be a part of that, what's the first thing that comes to your mind about this coming season? Uh, just opportunity, man. Opportunity to be a part of history. Opportunity to be a part of something special. Um, I'm a New York guy. This is, you know, my final year of this contract. I don't know what, you know, the good Lord has planned for me. So I just want to take every advantage I have of this opportunity to be around this group of guys and just, you know, cherish the moment, you know, and really just try to make everyone around me better because I know that's the goal as well. I just see great things, you know, as long as everyone can stay healthy, we get on the same page, I think the sky's the limit to what we're capable of. Awesome, Jay. Jay, thanks so much for your time tonight. We look forward to a great season out of you, as well as the Big Blue, and uh, we hope to catch up with you a couple of times, like those early games, you know, the 1 o'clock games. You're, you're home by the time we go on air, so we hope we can call on you during the season. No problem. I look forward to talking to you. Awesome. Thanks so much, Jay. Have a great night. You too. Thank you. Jay Bromley, defensive tackle for the New York Giants.